Thank you for tuning in to the WAM Podcast, where women empower women in business and manufacturing. Good afternoon, and welcome to Women and Manufacturing. I'm your host, Lydia DiLiello, and this afternoon, I'd like to welcome Susan Fiskin to the program. Hi, Susan, and welcome. Hi, Lydia. Thanks so much for having me here. So viewers, I'd like to give you some background on Susan. She's had a really interesting and varied past. So let me give you some stats here. So she is a professional speaker and a pioneer in the world of coaching. And we've all heard a lot about coaching, but Susan is coming to this with a new perspective. In 1992, she heard about a new career called coaching where she could use her marketing and people skills, extensive education in neuro-linguistic programming that we'll talk more about, that is the foundation of Tony Robbins' work, which we've all heard quite a bit about, and hypnotherapy training to work with clients to become happier both personally and professionally. And she says exponentially more successful professionally, which is important for all of us. And she was all in at that time, and she still is. So today, what she does is mindset coaching, and it's based on solid brain science, She works with clients to rewire their thinking on both conscious and subconscious levels to break through old limitations and on to creating vastly superior results. She served on the boards of the Professional Coaches and Mentors Association, Women in Technology, and Women in Business. Her client base has included such notables as the U.S. Army, Autodesk, Booz Allen Hamilton, and many smaller organizations. She's currently launching the new coaching division of T.R. Cutler Incorporating, who is the leading influencer in manufacturing today. So with that, I would like to welcome master coach Susan Fiskin. Tell us a bit about how you got into coaching and how you came to launch this new division with T.R. Cutler. Well, how I got into coaching is kind of a funny story. I'd had an ad agency for 10 years with a partner in Marin County, California. And Mm -hmm. I jumped off the side of my life at the end of that ad agency and came back from living in the Caribbean for a year. And when I came back to Marin, I didn't want to go back into advertising, but I didn't have a clue what I wanted to do. And one of my favorite clients when I had the ad agency was the first educational facility for neuro-linguistic programming. Tony Robbins and I studied with the same people in the 80s before he skyrocketed. And it's like the most powerful technology for how to run your brain effectively ever, to make changes, to install new beliefs, new behaviors, new skills. I had done that as well as training in hypnotherapy because I understood the power of the unconscious mind. You know, over 95% of what goes on in our brains are beneath our conscious level of awareness. So when we wanna make changes, it's the 5% going, let's make a change. But you got 95% that could be pulling in the opposite direction, which is why change doesn't stick so often. And I learned that when you get the unconscious mind and the conscious mind in agreement, I mean, I often have bargaining sessions with clients, <laughs> their unconscious beliefs and their conscious beliefs come up with a plan of action, then it sticks. 
So back to coaching. So I had all of this background. I had the ad agency. I've been speaking forever. I love learning about people. And I had a dear friend who was a very successful consultant going, you know, here's this new profession that I think you'd be great at between your marketing skills and people skills and NLP. And she said, it's called coaching. And you work with professionals to help them rewire their brains to get the kind of results they want and to be happier and more successful. There was training. There was three weekends. It was be, do, and have. Those were the titles. That was it. And they kind of patted us on the back and said, go out and be coaches. (laughs) (laughs) Good luck. And here you go. That's right. So what did I know? I just hung out a shingle and I started speaking at trade organizations and networking meetings and built a business and loved it. Still do. I love working with people and help them dig into who they are and figure out what they really, really want and help them get it. And so that's how I got into it. That's so interesting. How many of us, Susan, end up winding a path that is something that we love at the end. However, we never would have imagined it or dreamed it from the beginning until someone says to us, hey, why don't you go try this? And it's definitely that road less traveled and you had to pave the way clearly. When you were speaking about the whole idea of why things don't stick when we try to make a change, I was immediately thinking to myself of how many times do we each have conversations with ourselves where we Mm. make trade-offs in our mind? And I wonder, is that that subconscious coming up with all of the but and why you shouldn't and don't do this? And so the, the coaching that you do then allows your clients to make peace with that or or make a bridge between what the subconscious mind wants and what the conscious mind says? Absolutely. You know, our internal dialogue is so important. I work with my clients' internal dialogue a lot. For instance, I had an attorney come to me who was a partner at a huge law firm, and he had just won the biggest case of his entire career. He was probably 50 years old when I asked him, great family life, loved his wife, kids got along great, but he always felt like a failure. And it was a mystery. Here's this man who is more successful than almost anyone you're inclined to meet. And he felt like a failure. Well, it didn't take long of talking with him that I realized that he had a voice in his head that stopped him from enjoying his success and appreciating it. So I got him to relax. And this isn't like woo-woo, heebie-jeebie stuff. This is just tune into what's going on in your head. Mm -hmm. And what we discovered was he had a very strong voice that said, no matter how successful he was, that's not good enough. And so whatever success he had was never good enough. So I had him relax and pay attention to the voice. Now, these voices almost always come from behind. So he couldn't look whoever's voice it was. It turned out to be his father's voice. And his father was never terribly successful and spent most of his life putting together enough money so that his son could be elevated above the life that he was living. And so this man 
Bob was his name. Bob had his father's voice saying, that's not good enough, very sternly. So what I had him do is I had him throw the voice from the back of his head down to his big toe. I sang circus music and had him play the voice as if it had had a taste of helium. That's not good enough. And so (laughs) as soon as he laughed, the moment he laughed, that old pattern was broken. It's like taking a nail to a CD and trying to play it. You can never play it the same way again. Sometimes these patterns that keep us stuck for our lives are just that easy to get rid of. You know, that's really fascinating, Susan. To me, that voice certainly resonates relative to things that I would say I hear in terms of constantly a voice playing back. But learning that it breaks that easily is fascinating. And it had to be life-changing for him, for Bob, in terms of being able to move forward and to enjoy his successes. How do you see what you're doing now translate into helping the business community? So obviously with women in manufacturing, our primary focus is on women, but certainly this applies to everyone clearly by your example with Bob. But do you see a specific way that this helps women with their self-talk? It's more than self-talk. Self-talk is one manifestation of beliefs that we hold about ourselves in the world. When coaches come out and they're all about, well, let's just make a list of goals and then we'll make sure you're on the path to getting them. And we'll Mm -hmm. just chalk those off. If you leave out the personal component, if you leave Mm -hmm. out what's going on inside of the person, they may well accomplish those goals. But as people, they're not happy. And we're not as productive, we're not as creative, we're not as smart when we're not enjoying what we're doing. Mm -hmm. So I majored in communications at UCLA because I realized that communications are at the core of everything. They're at the core of communicating with ourselves, how we are in our lives and what's important to us. They're important about how we communicate with one another. One of the reasons I'm now doing this with Tom is that we worked together so long ago. And he said to me a couple of weeks ago, he said, you know, I use NLP every single day in my business. And you taught it to me in the 80s. And he said, the world has finally caught up with you. Is that when I would talk about these soft skills, communicating about how important it is for our mindset, there was no word like mindset. Now it's very common the world finally caught up. (laughs) And so just to clarify for the viewers, the NLP is the neuro-linguistic programming and the ways that we can, I just want to paraphrase and you tell me if I've got it, but it's the ways in which we use language to then either change or create patterns within our brains. Is that right? That's certainly a large part of it. It's become a huge body of work. What it basically is understands is that We all have our subjective, our own personal perspective on the world. Mm -hmm. So there are many schools of thought that just kind of lump people all together. And it's like, this is what people do. But with NLP, you have a different way of making sense of the world than I do. So if I'm a really good communicator, and I am, 
what I do is I jump into what is your world? How do I see it through your eyes? How do I make sense of it through who you are? And then I'm able to speak with you, to show you, to give you a sense of how it is that you can move forward. We can't see ourselves usually as someone who's well-versed in this kind of science can. And so I can hold up a mirror to people and go, well, here's what I'm experiencing about you. And here's what I'm understanding about you in this given situation. Am I on or do you have a different take on it? And that allows people to look inside in ways they may never have done before. And the ahas are huge. And that's how we make change. That's how we get better results to me. You know, it's not about chalking off a number of check boxes for, okay, did that goal, that goal, that goal, that goal. It's more than that. It's growing professionally, but it's also growing personally. And I think that's what's so important about business today. You know, we've got such a disconnect between older people who mm. are managers not finding connection with some of the younger people because their values are totally different. For boomers, it was like, you do your job, you get paid, you do a better job, you get paid more. And Absolutely. that's the way it goes. When you get to younger people in this world, it's more about quality of life. Mm -hmm. It's more about being appreciated, being respected. It's about working for a company that's conscious. You know, it's conscious when it's a green company. They want more than a buck. It's not all about money. No, and it is so interesting to see the differences to your point about the more senior and then the young group coming in to their work lives who are saying, this is about me as a person. And I've been fortunate to work with some of the younger groups coming in, the, the Ys and Zs, and it's fascinating to hear them say, well, yeah, I don't want promoted. You know, I want my free time. I want to be done at four o'clock and, you know, I want to flex in and out and such a different mindset in terms of what matters to them. And so I think that your approach to coaching is a wonderful reminder to those of us more senior in our careers to say, hey, wait a minute. Okay, you can check off all the to-dos. That's great. And it might even get you the promotion if you check off all the to-dos. But what about that whole other part of you that's you? Are you happy? Are you fulfilled? Do you sleep well at night or do you have a good relationship with the people around you? All of the things that make you, you. And you had shared something with me, Susan, when we talked initially about humor being a wonderful secret weapon. Tell us about that. Well, you heard about it with Bob, right? Absolutely. So, and that's true with just about everyone. You know, we can get so serious in what's going on with our lives and to have humor about it means you've pulled the lens back and you've got perspective, right? When we get lost, we're like right here. These problems are right here. I help people shift their language. Little subtle things like I have this problem here, as opposed to I had that problem over there. All of a sudden there's distance, there's breathing room, there's perception. And so I've always loved to make people laugh. It's just built into me. And I discovered over these past 30 years that when I can get someone to laugh about their situation, 
it means their perception has opened up tremendously. That's why I call it my secret weapon. Once you can get them to laugh and they open up, has the change already taken place? In other words, what you're working towards, is it most of the way accomplished once they laugh? Or is it the door that opens that allows you to then walk through it to complete that change? At the very least, it's that opening. It's opening the door, right? Some people get it right away. But, Mm -hmm. you know, whenever we make a change, our brains are wired to pull us back to what was comfortable. It might not be easy. It might not be the best. It's not even comfortable. It's familiar. We have a tendency. And people are also wired to have a negative perspective. When we were Neanderthal and we had saber-toothed tigers, we had to pay attention to what went wrong a whole lot more than we have to pay attention to it now. Except we're still wired that way. Our brains are still wired the way they were. So it takes a bit of time. That's why coaching isn't a one-shot deal. It's over a period of time because you get someone to change their behavior and then they start to waver back where they were and then you help bring them back. And maybe they waver the other way until the neural pathways. What happens with neural pathways is we have these roads carved out in our brain of synapses. And they form these familiar patterns. Well, when you want to make a change, you have to keep focusing on the new one. And what happens, there are videos online that actually show how you form new neural pathways in your brain. And as you form the new ones, the old one just fades off into the sunset. So the laughter is the opening for very few people. And some, it's like, I got it now. Thank you. But most of the time, that's the opening that you need in order to help them create the new neural pathways. Reminds me of we all have routes that we take in the car. We consider them our shortcuts, et cetera, that we just do without questioning. To me, it seems comparable to that in that, well, I always go this way. And someone else will say, well, why are you going that way? It's three miles further or 10 minutes longer, or it's habit, it's comfort, it's known, it's all those things you were describing. And so we just do. And how wonderful that you help people learn to question and ask, is that the best route for me? Is that my best route for fulfillment personally and professionally? And I think so often we don't stop to ask those questions. And I think especially for women, because if they're in roles of caregiver or mom or professional person and spouse or partner, so all of these hats, and then we take last priority. So whatever pathways open is the one I think we often default to, right? Because it's available and we got to get this done. Well, that's what I meant when I was saying that 95, at least 95% of our brains are beneath our conscious level of awareness. So until someone mentions, do you know that you could take XYZ Street instead and it's got half the traffic and it'll be twice as fast? That it's like, whoa, I never even thought of that before. When I speak to audiences, that's one of my favorite reactions. And with clients, I never thought of it like that before Mm -hmm. because all of a sudden you've opened brand new possibilities. We get stuck. You know, Mm -hmm. it's we're wired. There are four levels of learning. There's unconscious incompetence. You don't know what you don't know. If you think about driving, 
right? You get in your mom's car and you go to school. You don't Mm -hmm. know what you don't know. You don't think about driving. It's just a place from A to B. Then you have, you go to driver's training. Then you have conscious incompetence. It's like, oh my gosh, there is so much to learn. I don't know how I'm going to even do this. Then you have conscious competence. Think of the first time you ever got behind the wheel. I remember for me, I remember sitting down in the car in driver's training, closing the door, telling myself, put the key in the lock, adjust the mirror, put on your seatbelt, right? You have to go through everything consciously. Mm -hmm. Well, now how often do we go by our exit on the freeway because we have unconscious competence? We're wired to have unconscious competence because we can only keep this much in our conscious mind. So when we really learn something well, we tuck it back there and just do it. You don't think about how to brush your teeth. You just do it. And your brain can be doing 10 other things. I mean, that makes so much sense to me because certainly I know I've driven past exits and been busy thinking through five other things at the same time and just going right along. And the next thing you know, it's like, wait a minute, I passed my exit. Then I usually say bad things that have to turn around. (laughs) (laughs) It can be scary. It was like, how did I get here? Yeah. What What? is this? (laughs) I think that's unconscious as well. When you blurt things out that either in your common language or just in what you would say with your friends, when something happens that we are startled by or not expecting. It's that reactionary kind of, does the reactionary part then come from the subconscious mind? No, it's when that subconscious mind becomes conscious, Ah. right? It's when you tune into the conscious, you're functioning below your conscious level of awareness in driving. Okay. When you're not giving it a thought or you're on the phone or you're changing the station on the radio or changing, you know, whatever music you're listening to. It's when you get conscious, like, whoa, wait a minute, let's check in here. And, you know, in business, this is so important, too, because if it's all about what we do on the outside, that's a real 20th century model. That was kind of the auto industry where you're there just to crank this lug nut. That's Mm -hmm. your job on every car that goes by. That's not the world today. No. People, we have to think, we have to strategize, we need to connect. And I think that's why Tom and I are starting to work together after so many years, because he recognizes the importance of this too, that we need to connect. You know, that he's absolutely brilliant at what he does. He does it so incredibly well. The go-to person for manufacturing, an influencer. And He has seen the need for this kind of interaction with people for the 23 years he's been running his business. That's why we're teaming up to do this. You know, I will be designing a program that will help hopefully many, many people. And what I'll be doing then is I'll bring in other coaches to deliver the program while I then coach them on delivering it. So that's where we're at in the ramping up portion. And so, Susan, the program that you're going to be designing, will it be targeted specifically for manufacturers or across all industries? Initially, it'll be for manufacturers. And more of a focus will be on women. It won't be exclusively, necessarily. 
now my client base is probably 75% women, 25% men, because it requires a certain openness that women find easier to go to. Mm -hmm. You know, we're the nurturers, we're tuned into our emotions more as overarchingly. It's a generalization. Mm -hmm. You know, manufacturing is still been a little slow in having equality with women. You know, women very often are considered the back office people. I think manufacturing has suffered um, losing the creativity, losing the intelligence, losing the capabilities and the different perspective that women bring to the table. We're about creating relationships. And if you really look at the heart of business, it's people entering into agreements and keeping them. And that's all built on relationships. And the most successful projects are always the ones that are the most collaborative. And so you go right back again into what you've just said about relationship and entering into agreement and building trust. And I agree with you. I see that women are always the most open to either self-assessment or an openness to reach across to someone else and say, well, let me understand it from your perspective. How could we do this different? Where I don't see women generally being as territorial. So that has to help relative to the coaching. One of the other things that you shared with me that we laughed about a little bit, Susan, was when you talked about this whole idea of being wired like ADD. Can you share with our listeners and viewers okay. here a little bit about that? Because I found that to be a lot of fun and, and so true. So I have worked with executives for quite a number of years. And interestingly enough, you know, a lot of people who have achieved success at the executive mm-hmm. level have not been nose to the grindstone, let me just check off all the boxes people. They're sure. more creative. They are more inclined to They've got to be leaders. They've got to have a certain charisma to them. Well, along with that is a creativity and a different kind of brain wiring, you know, more right brain oriented, which is more creative and malleable than the left brain, which might be, I want a left brained accountant. Yes. I want a right brain psychologist or coach (laughs) who can meet me on many levels. So I'd work with an executive and They were losing things or walk in their office and find stacks of paper. The office might be a mess. Then I would notice certain behavior patterns that have been labeled ADD. Well, that's the way my brain is organized. I'm ADD. My desk is tidy, but I still have that kind of wiring. And so initially when I started to learn about ADD, and it's a misnomer in that people think that folks with ADD can't focus not true at all. Mm -hmm. We can hyper-focus unlike anybody else as long as we're interested. Mm -hmm. If we're bored, no attention span whatsoever. You know, that's the kid in the back of the room that's going to grow up to become an artist and they're doodling. They can't pay attention because they're told to sit down, shut up, and don't ask questions. There's no interaction. So I'd worked with some of these executives and I started out by going, did you ever think that maybe you're a little bit ADD. No, that couldn't possibly be true because that's a label that says you're broken. So I discovered if I would list the number of characteristics that I'd noticed, and I said, maybe you're just a little ADD-ish. And once again, every one of them laughed. They were able to pull that lens back and gain some perspective, and Mm -hmm. then we could work in a whole new way. And if you look at today's world, We have to have 
ADD-ish brains. You know, I mean, how many emails do you get in the course of a day? How many text messages? How often does the phone ring? Our brains are being pulled in every direction possible. Mm -hmm. So actually being a coach who is wired like that is very helpful (laughs) because I can help create some order out of the chaos in new ways. For instance, when I leave the house and I'm going to go run errands, I live I live in the country. And so when I go to town, I put everything I need with me in a place that I always look at on my way out. So I never forget anything. Right. So there are tricks. And a lot of the kids today think about growing up with a cell phone as your best friend and the connection to the Internet. That's why TikTok is so popular. They're 30 second or one minute blips of entertainment or knowledge or whatever it is. And so managers and executives need to understand the mindset of the younger workers they're looking to attract and retain. And that's part of what I'm looking to do. I'm a bridge. I'm a communication bridge between folks who had a very different world that we grow up in and built our careers on, and the younger people who have very different values that need to have those values met. That's a wonderful description, Susan, of the kind of service you offer, describing yourself as a bridge, because really, you can be a bridge for us to ourselves, to our subconscious self, and really tuning into that and becoming aware of it. You're a bridge for multi-generational communication in the workforce of and XYZ years, the young generation that I think so many of us in the boomer era have forgotten what it's like to have eight things going on all at the same time, but they're all technically based because a lot of us don't choose to use those options. And so we just scan it out by not participating, so to speak. But that is how the XYZ years live. And so to me, it's like you've got airplane traffic constantly surrounding them and you're able to help give them systems to guide that and channel it to make communication easier, which is wonderful. And for those of us that are more senior, ways to maybe channel out some of that traffic that we've built up subconsciously (laughs) to make ourselves happier and more productive. And isn't that what it's all about, right? That's one of the things that the X, Y, and Zers are so focused on. They want to be happy. They never want to work. I don't believe that. I think they want to work at something where they feel good about it. They don't want to tighten that lug nut. You know, they need some meaning. You know, even a job that might seem meaningless to us can be reframed in a way because they're also more inclined to collaborate. You know, Mm -hmm. I was stunned when I watched kids of my friends. I don't have kids. They don't date. They don't do one-on-one dates as a rule. They go out as a group. They're very collaborative. And then they might peel off mm-hmm. two by two or whatever numbers work for them. You know, they might peel off from the big group, but truly they're more inclined for collaboration. I was in a meeting yesterday and there was a 25-year-old woman. So I guess that makes her Gen Z barely. I think barely. Between Y and Z. And she was talking about how important it was. She did her earth footprint. And she was horrified. She had done it at work. And it was 
how far does your food and clothing and everything that you buy have to come? What are the miles? What is the amount of energy it took? Are you eating local foods? Is it organic? Are they hurting the planet? So that their values are so totally different and they're the values of the future. It's Mm -hmm. not like, come on, you got to get on board with us because if we don't pay attention to what's happening with the earth, I mean, we're watching incredibly scary weather events happen. It's their world. They're the ones that are going to live here. And so we need to take into account being older, what their values are and figure out ways to collaborate. And they love to collaborate with each other as well. It's a little dated now, but I came up with the concept of boomerennials. And <laughs> I wrote a whole article on it for a local independent paper. And it's boomers and millennials working together to create this new world that we're co-creating. If the viewers wanted to access that article, Susan, can they do that on your website? Or what would be the best way for them to be able to get to that? I don't have it posted yet. I can send you a link. I've got it on Google Drive. I can send you a link to it. Okay. And if you want to share it. Please, because I think that would be really helpful for our viewers, kind of as we're wrapping up here, a way for them to reach out to you and to access your expertise and your coaching skills and to learn and help them understand better how to bridge that gap initially with their XYZ ears and the millennials. So I will be anxious to read that article. Great. Any closing thoughts here as we wrap up, Susan? Yeah. If anyone wants to get hold of me, you can do it through TR Cutler Inc. Just go to the website there and you can find me through there. You know, if anyone's interested in the possibility of coaching, I'll be glad to do a complimentary consult to see if there's a match or I'll be happy to send you off to somewhere else if there isn't a fit with me and turn you on to whatever resources I might have. Well, thank you for that. And I, viewers, I hope that you'll take advantage of that. Susan, this has been a wonderful opportunity to chat with you, learn about the new experience relative to coaching and how important it is and a way to really for us to move into the future. So I'm excited by what you're doing and thank you for sharing it with us. Thank you so much. This has been um, a real pleasure. Well, it's our pleasure to have you. And I hope that our viewers will reach out to you and gain some much needed perspective for all of us. And viewers, as you know, we have five different offerings for you. If you visit Jacket Media Company, you'll have access to both Manufacturing Talk Radio, of course, our WAM podcast, Hazard Girls, and Manufacturing Matters. So with that, thank you again, Susan Fiskin, and we'll look forward to another episode soon. Great. Thank you so much, Lydia. Take care. Our pleasure. Thank you, Susan. Thank you for joining the WAM podcast, where women empower other women in business and manufacturing. For more shows like this, go to whampodcast.com. That's whampodcast.com. Thanks for tuning in. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.